Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever it may be. Uh, this is the 3D Podcast. My name is Sean Coleman, a regular uh, host here uh, with my co-host, Justin Lewis. Justin, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. Glad to be back. Yep, yep. Glad to have you back. Know you've been busy. And uh, today, or tonight, whichever time of day it is, we're going to take some time. Uh, we've discussed the draft, discussed a lot of different things going on with the Grizzlies, but to, we're going to focus on a free agency, the Grizzlies, the NBA in general. And we figured that we'd uh, bring in another perspective in here, and we're very happy to welcome uh, Mr. Jack Noonan. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Jack? I'm doing well, Sean. Thanks again for having me on. I appreciate it. Hey, the reason why we ask you to come on time and time again is because you're wonderful to talk to. So uh, we, we appreciate it. Uh, y'all can follow Jack at jnoonan1307 on Twitter. Uh, you can also catch him on the Way Too Loud podcast. Um, I think that's a, I believe that's a family uh, effort. Is that correct? Uh, it uh, is. Uh, yep. It, it's five cousins that are way too competitive and love sports. So we got to have a platform to talk about it. It's good banter. It's good banter. <laughs> Hey, there's no better way to sit there and let other people listen to your family quarrels. So there you go. Um, <laughs> as always, you can follow um, Justin at J underscore Timberfake underscore on Twitter and me at Stats SAC. But let's get right to it. Obviously, um, a lot going on uh, with the uh, the NBA. Uh, we've seen several um, recent decisions that have come down the pipeline. Um, some that have certainly made things more interesting. Uh, but let's 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 hit on the the, the latest news. So. Um, Justin, you know, free agency is going to affect every team, but there's some teams out there that definitely are positioning themselves uh, to be pure players out there. And we saw today that Anthony Davis uh, went ahead and declined or waived his $4 million um, um, trade earnings to be able to give the Lakers to $32 million. Now, obviously, the first reaction many had was, He's not going to do that unless the Lakers seem to feel they're going to be in position to get a third true max type talent. What do you make of his decision, and do you feel they legitimately could land one of the top free agents out there? Yeah, uh, I think they that they can. Um, who would not want to come and play next to LeBron and Anthony Davis um, if if they stay healthy? That's uh, going to be a team that has a one of the best, if not the best shots at the championship next year, if they add one of the top three agents. So I think all of them are going to be interested. I don't really know uh, where the dominoes are going to fall. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they landed one, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they, if they struck out and missed uh, on, on the big names and they went with uh, a handful of the mid-level guys. Jack, we look at these free agents. We saw KD decline his player option, so he's out there. He may take visits, so on and so forth. Many expect for him to still, still wind up at Golden State. But when you look at Kevin Durant, when you look at Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, um, Kyrie Irving, you know, even D'Angelo Brown, you know, you you look at these, you know, five or seven, you know, elite, the top of the free agents out there. There are several different scenarios that are, you know, potentially them pairing up. When you look at these players, how much do you really think that factors into their decision? Do, do, do you feel that pairing up with a certain other free agent really plays into it? Or do you feel that at the end of the day, it's what's going to benefit them the most? Uh, it's 100% where they want to pair up with their buddies or the like premier, uh, premier free agent on the market right there. I mean, you saw um, LeBron James 
apparently, allegedly, this is with reports, I'm not sure how true this is, but I've seen a few places on Twitter. The reason Anthony Davis waived his uh, $4 million trade bonus was because he's going to be able to wear number 23 in Los Angeles. And so LeBron's pretty much like paying him off on a side deal to wear the number 23 and to decline his um, to decline his uh, $4 million trade bonus, pretty much being like a nudge, nudge, let's get better, let's get a top um, top free agent, another top free agent, and let's just be buddies with it. And then the same thing you see with Kyrie Irving and KD. It's like those two guys are buds, they're Team USA, great friends, everything, and they want to play together. Everything kind of changed once KD tore his Achilles, but you see them talk and all the tampering, so to speak, that not really with the players, but for lack of a better term, tampering with the players texting each other. I mean, they're all, you know, 25 to 30 year olds wanting to just ball out and play ball together. And so that's at the end of the day, what it is and the best want to play with the best to get a ring and to have the get paid more. So I, I really do think they all just want to play with each other to answer your question. And it's not the worst thing. I mean, these guys are friends, so it's good to kind of see guys that want to be on the same team as opposed to, you know, trying to do things on their own, kind of like we saw with Kyrie Irving last year or different play, players by themselves. And that's the thing about it is that that's what sets the NBA apart. And, and a lot of people think that's what makes the, 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 the relationship between the league and the players in the NBA stronger than the NFL and baseball. It's just that the players have so much power, so much control. I mean, it's all about where these guys want to play and you can instantly, instantly, see a team's fortune be the best it's ever been in franchise history, such, for instance, as the Clippers, if they were to lead to these free agents. But we will get further into the NBA as a whole here in a second. What we want to focus on tonight, though, is how do the Grizzlies approach free agency? And I really think it breaks down in, into four different scenarios. You've got the Avery Bradley decision about whether or not to keep or waive him. Obviously, DeLone Wright, the Grizzlies extended restricted free agency to him. And then also what to do with Jonas Valanciunas. Should they, should they not really put an emphasis on extending him, you know, to, to, to where, you know, they'd even win a bidding more for him. So we're going to focus on each of those. And then the fourth thing, obviously, is what moves they could potentially make in free agency overall. So, Justin, let's look at the Avery Bradley situation. Obviously, the, the, the date is July 3rd. Right now, it's there's a guarantee of two million, but if they don't waive him by July third, that goes up to twelve. What do you see the Grizzlies um, it, doing eventually, and why do you think that they would make the move they would with Avery Bradley? I think there's a a lot of strings that are going to be tied together, um, such as if if they roll with Valanciunas and, and eat cap um, with him. They may opt to just run it back from the team that they had towards the end of the season, and and just bring uh, Bradley back and just and just go with it. Um, but I think with it being a July third contract, um, being fully guaranteed date, and the, the I guess the moratorium period begins um, on Sunday. They've got two whole days. They got two and a half days um, that if they feel like they could be a serious player. For somebody like a Tobias Harris, which I'm not so sure that that he's going to be too interested in in Memphis, um, I'd love it if he was. But it, it, I think it's going to come down to that, like what conversations they're going to have with free agents over um, those, that two and a half day period before they have to guarantee him. So they're going to lead to 
the decision with him. If they feel like, hey, we're not going to kind of get the guys that we want to bring in, then let's just go ahead and bring him back and grant him, and, and we'll we'll try again next year. Uh, personally, I, that's what I'd like to see. I'd like them to, to go and, and take some swings um, at some guys that are free agents, and if it doesn't work out, then I'm fine with him coming back. Um, I just – uh, that's how that's how I think it's gonna to go down possibly. So, in other words, you think that they're going to? So, you said they're going to waive him, or you, or they're going to uh, keep him? Sorry about that. I, I, well, I, I think it's just gonna it's gonna go to, to how the conversations with free agents go those two days before his his day Got is. It. If they have some, if they feel like they're going to be able to land somebody, I think they waive him. If they feel like, hey, we're just going to roll with Valanciunas and we're not going to get anybody else that we really want, then they keep him. Makes perfect sense. Jack, looking at the other person on the roster that, you know, probably is due for a payday would be DeLone Wright. And and personally, this is the guy I feel the Grizzlies should have their biggest emphasis on, their biggest focus on, just because I feel Wright may be the best fit as the Grizzlies continue to evolve their roster going forward. How do you see Wright's contract situation working out? There could be some teams out there who, if they lose a franchise player, or lose out on a franchise player they're targeting, Wright could, you know, be the subject of a bidding war uh, more than people might think. Yeah, I agree. Cause it, and that's a great way to put it because it will come down to these, I guess, um, premier teams, or not even premier teams, but more competitive teams' decisions on which way they want to go. It's could, because there's so many point guards in the free agency pool this year. I mean, Kyrie, Kemba, D'Angelo Russell, all these names. Of course, they're looking to get like the max. Terry Rozier isn't a max guy, but he's another guy. It looks like he's going to become unrestricted once the Celtics pass on his um, qualifying. And it will be very, very interesting which way these teams go. And also, even the teams that aren't competing, the ones that are losing out on these um, point guards, like Charlotte, might want to spend a lot. I mean, they can't spend too much because there are already dreadful contracts on on their salary sheet. But – just enough. DeLon Wright doesn't deserve great, great money, but he deserves more than $3.6 million, which is the qualifying, the extending qualifying offer from the Grizzlies. And that's, you have to do that. You would pay that 10 times out of 10. That was expected. It's what um, most everyone expected from the Grizzlies to do with uh, Wright going forward. But it's, it's, the next question becomes what do you want to pay if so? Like, what's the bar at of what you want to pay? Personally, he's 27 years old. I don't know, depending on the year he wants, I don't know how I'd pay more than, I'd say, six or eight, and that's not doing much background research at all, so don't hold me to that number. But six to eight million dollars is about the range I would have him at as of right now, because he is 27, and his impact on a young Grizzlies team could be great like it was last year in the, I don't like to say garbage time minutes he played, but the unimportant minutes he played after that trade when the Grizzlies already knew they weren't going anywhere. That being said, I do see him being offered some level of uh, some level of contract from one of the teams that missed out on everyone else. Well, and I, and I agree to an extent, you know, six to eight million. I believe that, you know, after the Grizzlies got – you probably say that mid-March. I think that there was a Twitter conversation that we had amongst a few players from Grizzly Bear Blues and other people who, who cover the Grizzlies. But 6 to B, it seemed like it was. But then he had that six-game stretch to end the year. Obviously, you don't need to put too much emphasis on that, considering the time of year that it was. 
But, you know, Kyle Rott, I can't even get anybody's name right. It's not D'Angelo Brown, it's D'Angelo Russell. Kyle Anderson got a four-year, $37.5 million deal last year. I almost think that DeLon Wright may be a better investment going forward due to the style of play that he has. So let me ask you this question, um, Jack. If DeLon Wright were to go elsewhere, do you think that changes the Grizzlies' perspective to where then they will focus more on wanting to get shooting in free agency? Um, I would say so, just to fill out a roster. If there, you will tell, we will be able to tell really early on what the front office's intentions are and how they construct this roster. Kind of like Justin was talking about, those first two days really will tell a lot because if they're pretty much just selling on everyone and trying to take on, um, uh, take on other salaries, like big salaries around the league for assets, that's the direction I believe they should go. And so that would be pretty much not matching a DeLon Wright offer, uh, waving Avery Bradley and not doing anything with Jonas Valanciunas. And that would just be one of the many options they could go, or the, I guess the avenues they could go. And an option I would really look at strongly if you don't think you're going to I mean, they're not contending. They're building with their young roster. So it's, that would be the smart investment to build for the future. And if you can get someone at a cheap mid-level exception type deal, I mean, Kyle Anderson was a great pickup last year. It really was. I was very skeptical of it in the moment, but it turned out, I mean, has to stay healthy, of course, but it really turned out to be a good number. And I feel like that if they can find someone like that and not overpay on someone too old, that they could use that player going forward with their young core as well. So as we as we uh, flip the page to probably the, the the biggest decision that's out there in terms of a a target for the Grizzlies that a lot of people are connecting to them that's Jonas Valanciunas. And there's the overpay underpay uh, discussion with him. I don't think anyone wants to debate. They shouldn't debate. It, it's clear Jonas Valanciunas adds positive value on the court. How much he does in certain situations, you know, that's that is debatable. But Justin, talking about Yodis Valanciunas, how much of a priority should he be for the Grizzlies? You just mentioned their decision with Bradley will be based off the first two and a half days of them kind of assessing what they are with other free agents. Do they take that same approach with Yodis, or during those first two and a half days, do they talk with free agents? already assuming Yodis is in their plans. What direction should they go with Yodis Valanciunas? I don't think they should uh, make a decision early on him uh, when it comes to, to signing him uh, or not signing him because there's there's guys out there um, that we should knock on their door, like a, a Brooke Lopez uh, or a Kevon Looney. Um, there's a couple, I mean, a couple of those guys, I'm actually with him interested in a sign and trade, uh, sending him to Sacramento and Sacramento signs and trades really call a sign, um, to us because call sign wants out. Um, and I think he is, um, a great fit for where this team is heading. Um, and he will be a cheaper, um, option at the center position than Brooke Lopez would be and Valanciunas would be, and he provides the shot blocking and rebounding and rim running um, that we project this team to be doing next year, running up and down the floor. Um, I think they should value Valanciunas because he showed you at the end of the season that um, he he can be very, very productive, 
but I don't think that he should be a key uh, target uh, in this offseason. Offseason is kind of a um, we're going to kick the tires for a couple of days, maybe uh, the first week of the of the period, and uh, if we if we don't like where we're headed, then maybe we can make this work with with Valanciunas. But who knows? Maybe in that week that we're kicking tires somewhere else, he's, he's kicking tires and he gets. Four years. I think that's the the fear that we all have as bloggers is that Valanciunas is in conversation with Memphis to get four years, and nobody wants him to get four years. So that puts him at thirty one, almost thirty two years old, um, at the end of that contract. Um, when you're you're hoping that Jackson becomes your your starting five at some point. Um, so maybe he's maybe he opted out because there's a team out there willing to give him four years and more than we're willing to pay. So. Um, again, I, I think there are some cheaper options that we can kick tires on. I, I'd, I'd like to explore Willie Cauley-Stein, uh, maybe a sign trade with him somewhere else for another player. Um, I, but I, I just don't know if it's uh, a priority to have him back next year. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, and 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 I I know that uh, I was telling uh, Jack that uh, Amari Sankofa um, from the Athletic had had talked about. Willie Cauley-Stein, and, and he even had mentioned a mid-level exception option for Willie Cauley-Stein. I, I don't – I never imagined Willie Cauley-Stein would go for that cheap, but I do agree. If you were looking at Willie Cauley-Stein versus Jonas Valanciunas, giving them that four years, giving them $10 million plus, I think Willie Cauley-Stein would be the investment. Justin, when it comes to Jonas, and it's clear the Grizzlies are going to sign him, what does the contract structure look like? What would your contract structure? What contract structure would you be comfortable with as far as Jonas goes? Uh, I would say a two plus one or a two plus one plus one, um, just, and then one of those being a player and the other one being the team. Uh, probably the player first, and then the team the next year, uh, just because I don't want a four-year guarantee. Uh, I guess I might be okay with a three plus one uh, at maybe. 12 to, to 15 max. I don't know if I want to even pay him 15. Uh, so something that's not four years guaranteed is not going to suck a lot of cap. Um, but I think somebody's going to be willing to pay him more than that. But who knows? Hopefully it's not us. I mean, in all honesty, I, I probably would go. Um, I I would not want to be the team that has to give him even a partial guarantee for that fourth year to make him happy. If I'm the Grizzlies, I promote the idea of you opted out. We'll reward you with $25 million extra. Give him $17 million in the first year, twelve point five in the second, twelve point five in the third, three years, $42 million, it be done. Jack, when it comes to Yotis Valachutis, obviously the Grizzlies seem to have interest. What contract structure would you feel comfortable with as far as the Grizzlies go? I am not very high on Valentinus personally. Um, I would maybe do, I mean, even, I could see if you want to do, he's not going to take a two year deal, but that's the ideal deal for the ideal deal for the Grizzlies is maybe a two for 30. And then if he wants to put on a third year, three for 36. I are three thirty nine, I guess. Yeah, three thirty nine. Uh, I'm not very high on him. I would let him walk. I think, I think he's a great player and he puts up good numbers. But he, he like kind of like Justin was saying as well. You don't want that fourth year, and I think that's what he's looking for. 
and why and and why he opted out is because he just turned down 17.6 million. There has to be someone in this camp telling him you're going to get it on the back end um, to be worth it. So I don't, I just cannot see the Grizzlies, or I just don't want to see the Grizzlies spend money on someone who doesn't really project and kind of takes away from uh, Jaron Jackson's development to an extent. Because I mean, Jackson at the five is what this team needs to just thrive on, and that's that's going to be hurt if a traditional, you know, 2005 <laughs> center is in the league is on the team. So, and that, that's probably harsh, but that's just what I personally think of that type of player and also Valanciunas specifically. So, Justin, I think that you hit the nail on the head. You brought up a really good point. Uh, the fact that the Grizzlies, you know, Jonas, you no longer have a deadline you got to worry about with him. Uh, DeLone Wright, you know, you're just waiting on someone to offer that you can match. And then Avery Avery Bradley is, is July 3rd. So you mentioned those first two and a half days to really assess where the Grizzlies are with free agents. Do you feel that the Grizzlies are going to find something relative out there when it comes to free agents? In other words, it seems like that what it comes down to is this. They take those two and a half days, see if they can really find a deal that makes sense to bring in a significant talent long-term. But if it's not there, you shore up your three players, decide what you want to do with them, and then potentially take the rest of your cap space and use it to take on bad contracts to get future assets. That kind of is what the decision comes down to. Either find a really good free agent deal or use your cap space for bad contracts and assets. What do you feel is the more likely scenario for the Grizzlies in those first two and a half days of free agency? Um, I I wouldn't be shocked if um, they they waived Bradley non guaranteed. And I, I don't know if this is actually Jack may be able to, to tell me. Uh, can they waive him and then re-sign him to a different deal? Uh, I believe that's possible. Yeah, because. It would just be clearing it off the books to restructure. I think it, yeah, because I think that could be possible in how they structure it long, not long term, but you know, however many years they want to go. Right. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if if they if they did that to create more of that cap space, because um, they they want to. I think they want to try with with Bradley because he kind of found his um, his Boston form um, and his Detroit form kind of at the end of the year. And so they, he would be a good a wing player for us to have, but not for $12 million. Uh, I would I would probably side with Jack on the fact that I think the more likely scenario for Memphis is asset um, building and taking on somebody's bad contract. Um, if if Charlotte wants to send us Biombo in a, in a future first, you know, come on with it. We'll take it. Um, I, I, I just think – that all the big free agents are going to be going and running to contenders, and um, we could have enough role players as it is to get us through this year. Um, and there's there's no point of committing long term to just a role player. So I think uh, a a bad contract for another team looking to clear some space for one of the big big names is the most likely scenario for us. Jack, what are your thoughts? Do you think do you think that it, the more likely scenario is taking on the bad contracts to get assets, or do you think the Grizzlies could truly find themselves a free agent opportunity that makes sense? Yeah, I kind of like I said earlier, I believe that that's the path that they should go, and they probably will because, unfortunately, 
I mean, not even unfortunately, because you really don't want to put a lot of money into a free agent, but I don't think Memphis will be a destination for many free agents. Um, and that's not a bad thing. There's nothing negative about the team itself. It's just that if these free agents want to contend, they're going to have to wait three to five years with the Grizzlies. And that's perfectly fine. That's what they're building for. And that's why the asset, um, I guess, collection is so important to the team. And so I feel like going the way of taking on contracts for additional assets helps it helps them in the future. And it kind of looking at the free agents on the list, there's not many, like I said, you can, you, you can get one for the, the money that they'll have if they do, um, if they don't sign Jonas or don't, you know, restructure his deal or whatever as a re- unrestricted free agent right now. Um, but I, I feel like there'll be new additions to the team. It's not just going to be like a clean slate. They're not going to do anything and just wait for trade, but I don't think it's going to be anyone that impactful. And like I said, if you can get someone, heck, like get a, like a Nerland Noel. I mean, any, I know it's a atrocious name to throw out there sometimes, but anyone with who's young, decently young and has upside that maybe could play into something on a cheat deal is really what the Grizzlies should focus for. And those can be the new faces that we, enjoy and cheer for every night instead of players that are washed up on bad contracts. It'll be more exciting, I think, as well. And they also do have that biannual exception that's out there. And we, we I, last year, I believe that that's what they, or two years ago, they used that to uh, to uh, bring in Tyreek Evans. And we saw how that, you know, worked out. I know that Wesley um, Matthews is someone that may potentially be um, eligible for that for the for the Grizzlies. So that I've seen a few people mention, you know, a guy that they could bring in who could really uh, recoup his value, and then you trade him at the trade deadline. That that's an option. Uh, me personally, I agree with y'all. I think that the best thing for the Grizzlies to do is use their cap space as an advantage in the short term to gain future assets. I really think what the Grizzlies should do is do that, and then really put in an effort to focus on restricting free agent players over the next few years those players who are young who will um you can pay for their prime kind of like they did with Kyle Anderson they were aggressive out of nowhere they got him from the Spurs while he you know has his flaws he definitely has potential I think there are plenty of targets over the next few years the Grizzlies could save up money to go after in restricted free agency so that's why now they really shouldn't cash in out there so Justin, looking at those bad contracts, I mean, that's what we keep hearing as far as the Grizzlies having the opportunity to do. Do you have a couple of names out there who you really think make sense for the Grizzlies, you know, because of the situation on that bad contracts other team, that the Grizzlies really could have a likelihood of making a trade for this player to get that desired asset? Do you have a couple of bad contract ideas that are out there as far as trades for the Grizzlies? Uh, I haven't looked too much into them. Uh, one of them, two of them have already been traded. Uh, I think uh, Baysmore and uh, Evan Turner. And then um, I guess the two that you would look at the most would be Hassan Whiteside and uh, Bismack Biombo. Really, Hornets have several bad contracts. Um, but I, I would like... I would take Hassan Whiteside for the remainder of his contract. Um, if you sent me uh, some some picks with him too, I mean, another guy at the rim, and you don't have to worry about this whole balance units debate. That like you've got somebody to line up um, beside uh, Jaron that will move on, and the it'll be Jaron's position from there. Um, but again, I haven't looked too much into uh, the bad contracts because. Uh, the ones that I had saw were Whiteside and then 
the ones that have already been traded. It seems that they're out there. I mean, you know, it, it really doesn't make sense for the Grizzlies to take on the multi-year options like a Wiggins or a Batum or, you know, even a Hayward from Boston if, if, if they wanted to go that route. I don't necessarily know if they want to do that, but I agree it's those one-year options that, that teams would love to move in order to become a surprising contender either for trades or for free agents. So, Jack, we've talked a lot about the bad contract potential. What about the free agents? You know, what if the Grizzlies were able to still have some cap space left? They were able to, you know, potentially find someone out on the market that really could help them out in the shooting department. Do you have a name or two out there in free agency who, based off their expected price range, could fit for the Grizzlies if they decided to make a free agent signing? Um, Kind of off the top of my head, I'd be like, I mean, this is kind of going against my youth building and everything, but it would be a good locker room presence. Danny Green is a free agent for this um, coming free agency, and he would be a nice wrinkle. I'm sure he'll find a deal, take a veteran minimum or something to go back to Toronto and kind of just keep doing what he's doing. But that would be an interesting pickup. And then Bojan Bogdanovic is a um, free agent. He would be he would bring some shooting for sure to the uh, Grizzlies. And, I mean, he played incredible in Indiana and showed that he was – not just one of the other like role guys on that team and stepped up at, um, in the wake of uh, Victor Oladipo's injury. So I could see him again. I feel like he's going to get be a little bit more pricey than the Grizzlies were willing to pay or should want to pay. Um, but yeah, those two guys kind of stood out. I could see, I mean, there's for shooting aspects alone. I mean, JJ Redick, but I think he'll be ring chasing. Um, Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon would be great if they could just throw a lot of money at Malcolm Brogdon. I would really, really like that for the Grizzlies. That would be a smart move. He's a restricted free agent right now, and Milwaukee is going to be in a cap strain trying to handle Brooke Lopez, Chris Milton, and Malcolm Brogdon. It's look well, not looking like, but uh, I'm seeing that Chris Milton will probably get the max from them, and that'll be that'll be their max plot, and then they'll have to pay Malcolm Brogdon if – I mean, they might not be able to if the uh, offer the offer sheet from another team is too high that they can't match it and then Brooke Lopez on top of that. So they're going to be in a bind. If the Grizzlies could somehow finagle their way into getting Malcolm Brogdon, that would be a huge, huge steal of a player at his age and um, ability. We saw it in the, or the playoffs. So I think those three players would be pretty good shooting options slash, I mean, yeah, shooting options slash just free agents that they could look out for if that was the route they go. I've also heard the names thrown out there like Jeremy Lamb, uh, Tomas Sadoransky, uh, uh, Satronsky. Um, he played in Washington last year. Uh, Kelly Oubre, I know, has been a uh, player that uh, um, Grizzlies have, have focused on in the past. It seems like he's going to be a fallback option for some teams through restricted free agency and maybe out of our price range. So, yeah, th- th- there are several shooting names that are out there. I know that there are some veteran names like Wayne Ellington um, and, like I said, Wesley Matthews that you know could potentially make sense. But it seems like that it, that's probably the route the Grizzlies are going to go. It's going to be a, a, a really non-significant addition that could help out with the shooting and also just a good locker room presence. So I agree it makes sense to go that route. So we pretty much covered all the options that are out there with the Grizzlies. But I want to take a few minutes also and just talk about you know what's out there in the NBA in general. A lot of big names that are potentially out there. And Jack, obviously with your connections with Boston, um, you know, they're at the forefront and they have emerged. I don't necessarily know if it's surprisingly is the right word, but it, 
you didn't hear a lot of talk before about a week ago about a potential Kimba um, Boston matchup. And me and you talked before we started the podcast that could have a domino effect. Um, some things would have to work out, especially financials. But if Kimba then goes to Boston, then you potentially see some restricted free agent point guards start to get bidded on. What's the likelihood of Kimba going to Boston, and what could be the domino effect across the league if that happens? Well, I mean, you, you were surprised, and I was definitely surprised when I got – I forget who it was. Um, I think Adel, Adam uh, Havelcheck from um, CSN Sports up in Boston, one of the networks up in Boston. Forgive me for not knowing that. But um, he reported at first that there was starting to be a little bit of – momentum with the Celtics and Kemba Walker and I hadn't and this was probably about three or four days ago and I hadn't heard like you said I hadn't heard anything either and um because I was all either the Lakers it looked like or you know taking the Supermax and he even said he wants to take less for the Charlotte for Charlotte this that and the other thing but I mean when you get the big suitors involved it, it will sway some people and then we got the Woj alert this morning that said that they were the Celtics were in, in the lead and they were like first on the uh, forefront of signing him which I was taken aback. I was very, very excited for it, being, like I said, a Celtics fan myself. But it's a huge – if they can do it, it would be a huge um, replacement for Kyrie Irving after it looked like we just, we're, the Celtics were going to have a disastrous offseason losing Kyrie and Horford. But now that Kimba's in the mix, we'll see what happens with that. Again, you got to remember quickly that Danny Ainge throws these rumors out there all the time. He has – pretty much the media the way he wants it and just by saying he is involved with every single free agent to make himself look a little bit better than he, he might uh, be on the, on the real real side of things, which is fine. That's smart, using the politics of the sports media world. Anyway, that being said, the ripple effect, if he does go to the Celtics, would be like we were saying earlier with Terry Argier, he would become, they would have to denounce, they would have to, I guess, decline to offer his uh, qualifying offer. And so he would be a free agent himself then Charlotte would need a point guard. DeLon Wright, I think, like I kind of said earlier, um, he would be bid on uh, more aggressively for for the, the Hornets themselves. And then or across the league, I mean, it depends on how much he gets. If the players go to the Lakers, the point guards just kind of go all the way through, not, not really knowing their destination, how it set up before, before Boston became an eligible candidate for Kimball Walker. Justin, as we discussed, it seems like a, an underlying reason why this free agent year seems so big compared to others. Yes, it's the names that are out there, but also it's because of the settings that are involved. You've got the four teams between LA and New York that are going to be, that have positioned themselves to be big players. Brooklyn has two max spots. The Knicks have two potential max spots. The Clippers do. And now, obviously, the Lakers have a spot for one more. It seems like a lot of storylines are going in the favor of L.A. being the setting that brings in the significant stars. But Brooklyn and New York, they have the opportunity there, but it seems like it really rests with Kyrie. If Kyrie doesn't go to Brooklyn, then I guess Russell may go back to Brooklyn, but you could see the two New York teams really strike out based off expectations. How do you see the two New York teams positioning themselves to potentially get a needed steal to really bring in one of these significant free agents? Yeah, so back in the in the regular season when um, 
free agent talk really began um, about all these potential pairings. My my original prediction uh, was that Kyrie and Durant were going to actually go to um, Brooklyn, and I thought that Kimba and Jimmy Butler would actually team up in New York. And so, obviously, um, that's not going to happen, I don't think. Honestly, I think the Knicks are going to strike out completely. As long as Dolan is their uh, owner, they're they're going to be uh, not a player in uh, free agency. And so, um, for Brooklyn, I I don't see a scenario. I, I saw Bleacher report just a minute ago that uh, with this max slot being created for uh, the Lakers with the the $4 million decline by Anthony Davis that they're very much in pursuit of Kyrie Irving, but it doesn't make sense to me for Kyrie to decline or to fire his agent and sign with Jay-Z's agency. If he does not intend to sign in Brooklyn, that that doesn't make any sense for him to do that and then go sign somewhere else. So I I think Kyrie is on the way to Brooklyn. Um, And I think that either KD or, or clay or, um, Jimmy could possibly join him there, most likely KD, um, because I think I think Brooklyn with um, with the addition of Kyrie, it's still going to be good enough next year um, to be be in the playoffs without KD while he sits in in, in heels. So I think that New York out of those four, is, is the Knicks are the ones that are going to be left uh, watching and scrambling to sign. Harrison Barnes to a big contract for a year or somebody like that. And Brooklyn's going to be just fine. I think the Clippers um, are going to end up with, they might be one to end up looking into because Ka- Kawhi might stay in Toronto and Jimmy go to the Lakers and then the, who are the Clippers going to bring in? So um, there's a chance that only two of those teams make any noise while the other two are scrambling. Uh, but I could see a scenario where the Clippers do actually end up getting Kawhi and Jimmy, and then the Lakers will obviously be fine because they've got LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. Um, so, yeah, that's my take on that. So then let's look at the the, the big free agents that are out there, and, and I'll put the names out there. Um, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, D'Angelo Russell, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, uh, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, and Kimball Walker, uh, the eight big free agents. I don't think I'm missing anybody. But, yeah, those those eight guys that are out there. What we're going to do is I'm going to mention a name, and we're going to go around, and we're going to predict and see where they wind up. And we'll go, and, and we'll see kind of how the scenarios play out based off our own um, intuition here. So we'll start off with a simple one. We'll start off with Kimball Walker. Jack, where do you see him eventually winding up? I say the Celtics. Justin? Celtics. All right, I'll say the Celtics as well. Let's stick with the point guards. Where do you see Kyrie Irving winding up? Justin? Brooklyn. Uh, Jack? Brooklyn as well. All right, I'm going to go anarchy here. I say he winds up with the L.A. Lakers. D'Angelo Russell. That would be hysterical. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I say that Kyrie learns his lesson and he goes to the – to the LA Lakers. So just, just, just my between opinion. his legs. Yeah. Yeah. Just, a, he, <laughs> he seems like that he doesn't care enough of it, that he has so little care about what other people think that he's doing what's best for him. 
I think there's a legit chance he's learned his lesson and he's gone to the Lakers. I'm more saying that to want to see it. I think he does wind up in Brooklyn based off all the context clues that are there, but I'd love to see him go to the Lakers just for the storylines. Based off of that, D'Angelo Russell. Justin? And that's that's tough. Um, golly. Um, I think D'Lo ends up in Phoenix. Hmm. All right. Wow. That's fair. That that'd be that'd be a heck of a haul for them, Jack. How about yourself? I think he's the one that ends up in the Lakers. Also, tail between his legs. But okay. All right. <laughs> And I, I, I will take him in um, uh, Brooklyn. I think that D'Angelo winds up in Brooklyn. Let's go Tobias Harris. Justin, where do you think Tobias Harris winds up? Uh, I think he'll stay with uh, with Philly. Jack, how about you? I think he will be going to Brooklyn with Kyrie. Okay, all right. I think that he may want – I think that there's a good chance he could wind up with the Clippers. I think there was a, a really good relationship there. Though I think I think that Tobias winds up going – he's one of the last major ones that go. He's the fallback option. And I think that if the Clippers don't get uh, the other two that are potentially out there, if they don't get Kawhi, or, um, Kawhi and Butler, I think the Clippers could make a run for Tobias Harris. Speaking of Jimmy Butler, where do we see him going? Jack? Uh, Jimmy Butler will be going, staying in Philadelphia. Justin? Jimmy's going to the Clippers. I say, <laughs> I, I, I think he winds up in Houston. I think that there is enough, I think that there is going to be enough action around the NBA where other teams are going to want to make moves for Houston or Houston gets so desperate seeing these other teams make moves, that they drop their asking price on Tucker, Gordon, and Capella. They make the room, and then they are able to to make the three-team trade. I think there's enough opportunity out there for that three-team trade to be made, so I think Jimmy winds up in Houston. Clay Thompson, Jack. Uh, Warriors. Justin. <sighs> um... Way Thompson. You know, I don't want this to happen, but I think Jack's right, and I think he's going to end up with with the Warriors. I'd like to see him go somewhere else, but that I don't see anywhere else for him. I could see the Warriors as well. Um. Actually, I'm going to change my prediction. He's going to join Jimmy uh, on the Clippers. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Kawhi Leonard, Justin. I'm going to take him staying in Toronto. Jack? Uh, Clippers. I think he'll be the one to go to the Clippers. I, I could see him. I think that he'll go to the Clippers as well. I think that I really do think the fact that he's willing to take the meeting, I feel like that he'll want to go to the Clippers. I think Kawhi wants the ability to be able to be the guy on that team. And I know I said Tobias would already be there as well, but I think that that uh, Kawhi winds up with the Clippers. So that leaves us with one more, and then, then the big one. Uh, maybe, maybe some may consider him not the biggest fish out there. 
but but obviously the the, the truest talent, the best talent um, that, that's out there, and that's Kevin Durant. Jack, where do you see him winding up? Boy, I just wish he was healthy next season. It would be so much more drama on the line. Um, my head says Golden State, and he'll just resign there. But I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say the Knicks. The Knicks will come up, come through with one with KD. I think I, I agree with you. I was going to say the Knicks as well because I think they get desperate and just absolutely make him all sorts of promises. Justin, how about you for KD? Y'all just going to steal my thunder? Like, I I was going to say Knicks because of how dramatic KD is and how he wants all the attention on him. So if he goes to an organization that um, somebody else didn't go to and I think he has this innate desire to try to prove his legacy. Um, and part of that is going to be him not having to team up with somebody. So I, I, I too believe that he could end up with the Knicks. All right. So there's your predictions. So just as we wind it, as we um, wrap up the, uh, the three D podcast uh, uh, this time out, just a couple of quick uh, lightning fire questions for both uh, Justin and Jack. So Jack, when you look across the league, uh, Justin kind of gave us his prediction as to who he thinks may be a surprise contender to give out a max contract in Phoenix. Who do you see as being a, a, a team that, you know, you don't think they would hand out a max contract, but they can through moves that they make? Who do you see being a surprise contender potentially for a max contract um, player? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think because I would think – Mm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Heat trade Hassan Whiteside to someone and then Pat Riley convinces someone to go down there and they, they hand out a match down there in Miami because Pat Riley is, you know, the wheeler and dealer he is. That's, all, that's I don't that's know. Very, you know. They have to trade uh, Hassan Whiteside. That's that's a very good point. Um, Justin, who do you see as big as – who do you see – as being the biggest name that is traded over the next two weeks, um, you know, either in a in a um, uh, cap um, opening move or just you know as a big name that may come out of nowhere that's traded. Uh, I, I want to answer the question that you gave Jack real quick. I think the Sacramento Kings were going to be players. Vladdy likes to make deals, and they're clearing off um, Harrison Barnes' contract. And if they let Collie Sign walk, I think that they could be players too. Um, big name traded. Um, I think that the Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey, is full of crap and that Chris Paul is a problem and somebody takes Chris Paul's contract. Jack, who do you see of, of the Knicks, Brooklyn, um, the Sixers, the, the, the Clippers, the Lakers, Rockets, um, who do you see as the biggest loser and the biggest winner in free agency after all said and done? Uh, the winner is definitely the Lakers. I mean, they got Anthony Davis, the Paris, LeBron James. They're going to sign someone else on a max deal. I 100%, as much as I hate to say it, but I think the Lakers have pretty much already won, and they probably will win at the end of the day. Um, the losers out of all of this? Uh... An easy pick is the Charlotte Hornets. Their whole, I mean, they got nothing for Kimball Walker leaving if he does end up leaving. But of the contenders, I guess I could see if KD stays in um, 
at the Warriors, they'll be the Knicks, and that's an easy cop-out answer, but that's I, I'd say the Knicks or Charlotte. Justin, looking at the restrictions, well, first I'll ask you the same question. Who do you see being the, 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 the big winner or the big loser after all said and done? Uh, I think Boston could be seen as the big winner. If they survive losing Kyrie and Horford the way they did and they pull in um, – they pull in Kimba and they're able to get somebody else uh, as a big, as a small contract. Um, or even if they, yeah, I'll just stick with that. If, if they bring in Kimba and they can sign like a Brooke Lopez uh, on a veteran deal to be their center or, or something along those lines, they would be winners just in the fact of uh, they came out of nowhere and saved their butts. Uh, and then the losers, uh, I think are going to end up possibly being, um, Brooklyn, if Kyrie ends up going to uh, the Lakers, because I, I don't think Durant comes without Kyrie um, if, if that scenario plays out. So I think the first domino for that is actually going to be Kawhi, and then it's all going to go from there. Jack, who do you potentially see as being one of the bigger bargains out there in free agency? Take the Max guys off the uh, the table. Who do you see being a guy who, even if he does get paid more than people think, this guy will play to his contract and will surprise people with how well he can take on an expanded role? Um, honestly, I mean, this is kind of not a, not an answer to the question itself, but I don't think there's going to be anyone underpaid. I think there's so many teams out there with more cap room than they know how to use it's going to be very similar to 2016 um, a lot of these teams are either have have either dumped those contracts that they took on in 2016 or are about to clear it so they have more room to work around that haven't been handicapped through those terrible 2016 contracts and we all know that year is the for clarification it's the year that the cap actually didn't go up as much as they thought and you're stuck with contracts like unfortunately Chandler Parsons Evan Turner the list is goes on and on and on but so I honestly don't think there's going to be too many people underpaid. I mean, I think I think people will be overpaid. Like, I think Marcus Morris is going to be severely overpaid. I think Tara Zier is going to be severely overpaid. I think these guys, I know there's two Celtics, so it's easy for me to know what <laughs> know what they're going to like, their outlook, I guess is a better way to put it. But, some, I mean, I think all these teams that are going to have to use their cap room are going to waste it, are going to waste it on opportunities that – won't make sense looking back two years, three years from now. And Justin, as we uh, did the final question here tonight on the podcast, just a couple of names out there that are non-max players. You're really to see, you're really looking forward to seeing how their markets develop. And, you know, there could be surprise suitors out there. Just one or two names who you may not necessarily say they're going to be the best free agent signing of this period, but you're really interested to see what situation they go to now that they had the opportunity to leave their former situation? Yeah, two names that I'd actually be interested in the Grizzlies kicking tires on. Um, Jack mentioned one of them. I think the market for Bogdanovich is going to be interesting to see, um, whether he settles for less to go and play for a contender or if he gets his true value for a team that maybe uh, is a couple of years away. And then the other one is, I think, a guy that may be caught on the outside looking in um, because of the number of players at his position that are going to about to get paid, and that's Harrison Barnes. 
obviously he's not worth the $23 million that he was getting paid um, on his last contract. But I do think that at 26, 27 years old, like, the dude can still play and be productive. Um, let's not forget his role on the Golden State Warriors um, before uh, KD came in. Uh, so I think Barnes' market is one that I'd really keep an eye on. Uh, what's his true value? And once teams start running out of money, um, and then I think he could be like Rozier, like Jack was saying, is the overpaid guy. I think Barnes could end up being one of those guys when they strike out. Uh, like, hey, we need somebody. And they go throw it at him. Or, you know, he could be somebody that the Grizzlies sneak in and be like, hey, here's here's the 17 or 18 we were going to pay uh, Jonas Valanciunas, why don't you come play for us? Um, so Bogdanovich and Barnes are two that I'm really keeping an eye on. Well, Justin, let me ask you this question. Based off their potential markets and the costs and things like that, who do you think may be the best value out there? Bogdanovich, Barnes, or I'll throw Kelly Oubre in there from the Suns. Who, who do you think, based off how much money they'll potentially make, would be the best investment for the Grizzlies? Um, I'd go, oh, that's tough. Um, if you get, if you get Kelly on four years, I don't see why you wouldn't do that. Uh, you're not going to throw four years at Bogdanovich and, and Barnes. You probably only throw two each of them. Uh, man, I, I don't know if I can answer that question, Sean. Um, I, I would prefer to have Ubre on, on, uh, three to four years at whatever um, he demands, probably. So, Jack, the question that I'll ask you is this, is that if the Grizzlies wind up going after Oubre, will you chip in with Justin to me to send the Suns fatheads of Marshawn and Dylan Brooks just as a courtesy of past trade talks? <laughs> Absolutely has to happen. <laughs> and a fat head of Chris Wallace, just there you go. for the, there you go. <laughs> the comedic effect. There you go. Well, uh, Jack, uh, do you want to make sure that we give you an opportunity? I know you've got a lot going on, but I mean, anything coming up with the podcast or, or that's going on over at uh, the Celtics blog or, or things such as that? I know you've been doing great work, but certainly want to give you the opportunity to plug any upcoming opportunities that you have, especially around NBA free agency. Yeah, um, personally, nothing. We're kind of just waiting for free agency to drop because the Celtics are obviously having those Kemba rumors. So once that comes out, there'll be a Kemba primer, kind of like what to look for with them that I believe I'll be um, submitting if it becomes official. I think I don't want to jinx anything because I would very much like to see him on the um, on the Celtics. And then I think I'll be doing it, which might – it's going to piss off a lot of Boston fans, but an ode to Kyrie Irving the player himself without all the antics because he is, he is one of the top 10 players in our league right now. And so it's just a kind of a tribute of the good about him after he left in such a, with such a sour taste in all of Boston's mouth, mouth, collective mouth. (laughs) Well, Jack, I think that I speak for Justin when we both can honestly say at the end of the day, we really hope that Boston winds up paying Tyus Jones $18 million a year for four years as your starting point guard. Um, yeah. Justin, do you have anything to add before we head out for uh, this edition of the 3D Podcast? No, I appreciate Jack coming on, uh, getting his insight, 
and uh, always appreciate his work and uh, looking forward to a wildly entertaining next couple of weeks. So we have, uh, uh, it is going to be wildly entertaining. And, and the good thing is, is that it's going to give us an opportunity to take a little bit of a break. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, um, uh, features uh, going on through the 3D podcast. Just a busy time of year, very important time. As we mentioned several times for the Grizzlies. But uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break. It's going to be another week or so before we get one out here. But the good thing is, is that the reason why we're doing that is so that we have the ability to see what goes on in free agency. And obviously, we'll be glad to recap it. For Jack, uh, uh, Noonan Jack, thanks so much again for joining us. And we'd love to have you back here uh, anytime. So uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening. Yeah, thank you both for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Well, for uh, uh, Jack Noonan, Justin Lewis, my name is Sean Coleman. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the 3 and D Podcast.